Sacred flag has waved after round two in the 2022 Formula One season. Supermax back on top, but not without a little controversy. Checo Perez gives us a reminder of how cruel motorsport can be. The Ferraris of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz remain red hot, pun intended, while Lewis Hamilton is nowhere to be found. This is the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix post-race analysis on Another Race Weekend, Canada's F1 show. And with that being said, as always, I'm joined by team manager for Pro Racing Ontario, Daryl Timmers. Hello, hello. What a weekend, what a weekend. Yes, it certainly was a weekend. Yes. Uh, let's start right at the top. Turbulent weekend, to say the least. Yeah. There was a missile strike close to the track. Deliberations between the FIA, Formula One. There was a driver team meeting yep. uh, and a driver's only meeting yeah. that went for four hours. When you look at the setup of this track, you know, we watched what happened to Mick Schumacher last year. We watched what happened to him again this year. Uh, prayers up to him. We hope he, he's back on track soon. Um, but with everything going on in regards to, you know, the track itself, uh, Saudi Arabia as a nation, um, and what Formula One really is, is trying to stand for mm -hmm. with their end racism and we yep. race as one campaign and all that stuff, it seems a little bit contradictory. So I guess the question is, should Formula One be even racing in Saudi Arabia? Honestly, I think what Formula One's trying to do is bring attention to certain countries about what they're, I guess, the way they run their country. Um, you know, I think, yeah, it is a good way to get awareness to that country and kind of bring the spotlight on them to be like, hey, l listen, we're bringing a lot of people here to go to your country. I think you should kind of change certain things, you know. Um, when With the missile strike, I... Uh, you know, it, it came down to a vote with the drivers and the teams and everyone. And obviously it was a long talk about what they should do and what they shouldn't do. And I think if all the teams weren't comfortable about being there, then they wouldn't have, have gone on with the race. If their teams unanimously said, you know, or unanimously said um, that they all wanted to leave or wanted to get out of there, then they, they definitely would have. Um, I think at that point, you know, FIA and Formula One has makes the decisions and allows the teams to have a voice. And I think that at that point, the teams did have a voice and they ended up staying. Um, but for, for F1 to be in Saudi Arabia, I think there is, there's, there's definitely pros and cons to it. There's definitely pros of bringing the attention about a country and how it's run. And the cons are, you know, we have to deal with stuff like this when we go to a racetrack. Um, I also think, you know, it is, a, it is, it can be a country or a great race if they, you know, sort out the track a little bit more. And if the, the country is open to you know everyone going and helping bring awareness to certain things that need to change in that country and uh you know i i, I think it is a, a good thing for them to be there but i think also we have to just you know tread lightly while we're there now speaking of the track and the circuit itself <clears throat> it's it's a phenomenal circuit to watch yeah. as a viewer but as a driver like you know you're a former national champion like to sit yourself in that position and that is a minute and 25 ish yeah. minute 24 for yeah. 50 laps yeah. of pure concentration because if you slip up yeah. it could end poorly yes and you saw with a little you know a little small mistake with Mick in qualifying that was a hard hit like that was straight to concrete hard hit and you know like you said you have to stay conscious you have to be concentrated in the entire race and you can't have a corner off on that track the straightaway yeah it's a little bit long you can kind of relax a little bit but even then most of the time you're under attack by someone so yeah, it's a really cool track for the for the uh, viewers, but for the drivers, it can be a little bit risky because, you know, there's so many blind corners that the FIA actually started putting screens in to try to get the, the drivers to be like, hey, around this blind corner, you can have a quick vision of what's going on on the other side of that corner because it's so blind. So I think they do need to change some things about the track. 
Um, the track is really racy. It's, it, we had a great race on the weekend. There was a lot of passing. There was a lot of um, close racing, which is what we want in F1. But uh, I think for the, the dangerous part of things and what happened with Mick, that was, you know, on any other track, I think, well, most other tracks, there's a little bit of a runoff that will slow the car down before you hit. But at that point, he was full speed still and, and hit the wall and it was all concrete. And, you know, with a street circuit, they have to kind of pick and choose where they put the impact barriers because of how tight certain areas are. Um, and that's one of the areas that it was a little bit tight. So when he went off there, it was uh, it was a big hit. Yeah, we definitely send prayers to Mick Schumacher <clears throat> and the Haas team. Uh, definitely do not want to be seeing stuff like that in no, the sport, although no. it is part of the sport. Every single driver, every engineer, every mechanic, every team principal, they realize that that danger is there. But kudos to both the FIA and Formula One because those cars are getting safer and safer, oh, safer by the day, safer. like a 33G impact. Yeah. We saw it last year with Verstappen, who yeah. had a 50-plus G impact at Silverstone. Grosjean. And he, it, pff, Grosjean is like yeah. the poster boy for yeah, safety exactly. in, in Formula One now. Uh, and all of these drivers were able to, to pretty much just get up and walk away, which is yeah. fantastic. Now, speaking of the racing, speaking of Supermax, yeah. Supermax, Supermax, Max, Max. Supermax is back <laughs> on top. The question that I have for you is this. The Red Bull looks buttoned down. Yes, he was on rails the entire weekend. The straight line speed is, is uh, yeah, incredible. Yeah. The question is, is this the beginning of the snowball? Should we expect to see 20 more wins from Max Verstappen? Um, I don't think so, just because Ferrari looks so strong. Perez is looking really strong now, too, as his teammate. He's actually a teammate that can push Max. He put it on pole. First pole ever, which is crazy to, to say. Bravo, right? Checo! <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it, like... For him to have his first pole ever this late in his career, and, and he's had such a great career, um, it's kind of cool to see that he's getting into the swing of things, that he's, you know, Max has only ever been in the Red Bull. Perez has jumped around in a bunch of teams throughout his career, and for him to jump into a Red Bull, and now he's he's putting it on pole over Max. He Honestly, without that VSR, well, VSC, um, the, uh, I don't think anyone would have caught him. He was in control of that race at that point. And uh, it's really cool to see Perez up there, but I don't think this is this is Max dominating yet. This is Max just you know things kind of going his way, and uh, you know it came down to a couple of laps left when him and, and Leclerc were were battling. So it's not like he was checking out or he got by Leclerc and 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 checked out again. It was like they were right there, and in the end, Leclerc was coming back at him. So I think really and truly, this is just going to be a really gloves off battle, duke it out. Let's go for the championship. I look forward to seeing more incidents. Yeah, incidents. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was a great race. It came down to maybe yeah. three laps where, where Mac had overtaken him. There was a fight before that last DRS yeah. zone a couple times, similar yeah, that, to that which we said uh, last year between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Yeah. I guess we definitively know what was going oh, on yeah. there now, oh, for yeah. sure. The best is the both locking <laughs> the up, both trying to like, no, I'm not going. That was incredible. <laughs> so we're watching it. I think if uh, if, the, if it wasn't for that uh, yellow flag in corner one, yeah. I think that was, unfortunately, I think the run for Leclerc yeah, to actually try and make yeah. a move. And that could have been fireworks. But let's backtrack a little bit to Checo. Just a reminder of how <laughs> cruel motorsport can be because you're doing everything you can and you're trying to manage the race and you're listening to teams listening to engineers and it can all be taken away just, just like, like that yeah. yeah just that small little uh incident that might happen on the track that uh, that totally flips everything that you had you know it, kudos to Leclerc and the ferrari team for for calling that bluff and making them go in 
Um, I think, you know, if he didn't go in, Leclerc would have been in the situation where he would have went in and he would have been kind of screwed by that safety car. So I, I honestly think uh, at that point, it's, it's one lap, one lap difference of when you pulled in to an incident on the track. And there's no way that you can tell that that incident's going to happen. And it's just our sport. It's, it's what makes this, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen on, on one corner. That's all it takes, especially on a street course like that, where some one small error of getting on the throttle a little bit early, put the car on the wall and that was it. Now the, the whole race has changed. And uh, Lewis had, was able to capitalize on something like that. I wish they capitalized a little bit more later on in the race, but we'll leave that alone for now. Actually, we're going to discuss that a little yeah. bit later because, you know, for, for a second, it looked like Lewis Hamilton was back to his old yeah, tricks again. exactly. And then, you know, anyways, yeah. we'll discuss we'll that discuss a little that bit later. later. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great to see Checo up there. And and I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy to see that he's actually, you know, put in blow for blow with Max. Max, I don't think, would have won that race if, if everything went well and there was no safety car or anything. Or even if it was, the safety car was one lap before that. Perez wouldn't have pit and everyone would have went in at the same time and changed their tires. And now Perez is back at the front in control of the race again and been able to take back off again. And, you know, he had pace the entire weekend. That pole lap was incredible. It was it was almost perfect. And, uh, you know, for you to out-qualify both Ferraris and your teammate, it's it's kind of putting a stamp on why you're in that Red Bull seat. Your world champion teammate. Yes. Because Max still is the world, world champion. champion. A lot of commentary... Um, in regards to the regulation change and in regards to both Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez, everyone was shocked that Sergio put it on pole. Yes. He's had over 200 races, never even been close to sniffing a pole. All of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere. Boops. Yep. On one of the most demanding circuits on the calendar. Uh, what do you make of the regulation change maybe leveling the playing field in regards to uh, development for Red Bull? As we know in the past, Max prefers a little bit looser rear end yeah. car, something that's really sharp and yeah. gets into the corner really fast. And I don't think they've been able to create that form as of right now. Not yeah. to say they won't. Yeah. But do you think that's playing into why Checo's being so close to Max initially? I, I think so. Because before, you know, they really catered to Max's car and, and developing the car for Max's driving style. You know, when uh, you have a teammate like Albon or, you know, where he, can, he, he can't really put the lap together with the same type of car because he's not as an aggressive driver. You know, Max really charges into the corner, so he needs a lot of front end to make that car turn. Where, you know, if you sacrifice a little bit more on entry, you can kind of float the car in and not have to depend on the front end so much. Um, so, you know, with, with Checo, I think with the brand new car, they didn't really know exactly how this car was going to react or what they're setting it up for. So once the once the car became quick, they're like, okay, well, this is the setup now that's really fast, and it's kind of more of a neutral car. It's not so, you know, front-end heavy, and, and Checo kind of likes the, the I don't want to call it understeer car, but it's more of a, like a, a less of a front-end, really stable rear, so you can, you know, really charge through the corner instead of into the corner. You know, once he gets the car rotated, he can depend on the rear planting and getting out of the corner, where Max is just, let's rotate the car, get it in, get it out. Um, so I think, you know, it, it definitely caters to a little bit more of, of Checo right now. And to be honest, I, I don't think Red Bull would start going towards the Verstappen setup style until Verstappen is, is leading. You know, if, if Perez is in the championship hunt, they're not going to just cater to Max because what happens if Max has a bunch of bad races and then Perez is the one that's leading. So I think right now the car is a little bit more neutral between two, both of them. And that's why you can see both the cars actually, both the drivers uh, competing with each other and, uh, you know, kind of uh, sitting neck and neck, as they say, going through the, the season so far. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened if Checo indeed 
won that race. Yeah. Because then we're going to be looking at the golden boy of Red Bull behind on points yeah. to his teammates for the first time in his career yeah. at Red Bull, yeah. essentially. Yeah. like Except maybe with when he was with... First with, came over. Yeah, with uh, Ricardo, maybe. Now, moving forward. Nicholas Latifi. Yeah. This is Canada's F1 show. We're doing our best to speak about Canadians in a positive light. We're not going to fault him for crashing because that's part of motorsport. Yeah, it's uh, hard. He, he, he had an incident or accident, I should say, in qualifying. Came up into the race, just lost the rears, lit it up yeah. going into the concrete barrier. Not the question is why is it happening? It's a new car. We don't really yeah. know. But the question I have is, is he going to be able to recover from all of these DNFs? Because it dates back since Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Right? He got a lot of hate, a lot of stuff thrown at him online. Now, first couple races of the year, he's been into the barricade a couple times. Yeah. How does a driver bounce back? At this point, it's he's got to just kind of separate himself from social media, separate himself from everything that kind of it would be a negative thing around him. Um, I think right now he just has to kind of do a reset mode. You know, everyone has had to do it. You know, last year, Ricardo had to do it. It's not like it's, it's something new. Um, I think he just needs to realize that he is in F1 and that he's he's there to perform and he's there to you know work with his team to develop the car and is and whatever happens in the races is what happens in the races you can't kind of get caught up in this whole media frenzy about oh look he did it he, he hit the wall or look he's in the wall because you know mick put it in the wall no one's saying that they just want to make sure he's okay and you know everyone puts it into the wall every once in a while max did it last year going in on his pole lap that he he would have had pole and he put it into the wall so it's not like everyone uh, is perfect and, and he's making mistakes. It's just, I think, with all the media around him from last season at the end of the season, I think everything's kind of, you know, looking over him a little bit more and kind of brought more attention to him. Um, and, you know, I think in the end, he just needs to realize that, you know, he's there to do one job, drive that car, and don't worry about the media. And I think, you know, he can bounce back, but it all depends on how his... Uh, his mindset is going into each race, knowing that, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, people are, you know, the memes are out saying that he's helping Red Bull again and all that stuff. But, hey, you know, no matter what you do, you're always going to have memes after you. Um, you know, Max wins the championship. There's, there's bad memes about it. There's, you know, there's the Internet or social media about it, everything, positive, negative, neutral. So you just have to realize, you know, you're in the spotlight at that time you're you're a professional that's being paid to race a car and this is part of the scrutiny you're going to be under going back to the memes ask chris rock and will smith how they oh. feel this morning <laughs> i was gonna say i didn't know if you're gonna bring it up or not but wow <laughs> <laughs> you know it's an f1 podcast show but uh wow man he smacked the hell yeah, out of yeah. you know I, to put it like chris he smacked the shit out of yeah. me <laughs> that was wild man. yeah that was uh wow I, he's <laughs> Will's got something going on, that's for sure. Moving forward. And you know what sucks? Because he loves F1, Will yeah, Smith. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's got all the races. Had he missed out on the Oscars and he just went to Saudi, yeah. he would have been all right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, let's move over. We're talking Will Smith. He's he's always you know connected with Mercedes in some uh, fashion or form whenever he's at the racetrack checking out yeah. uh, a Grand Prix. Yeah. And uh, now we're going to discuss... Let's do George Russell first. Okay. Let's do George yep. Russell first because I feel like Lewis Hamilton is a bit of a deeper dive. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. I honestly, with with Russell, I just think he's he's relaxed. There's no pressure on him. 
there, there's really no pressure on him. He can just go into every weekend, and if you finish a second to Hamilton, hey, cool, you finish second to Hamilton. If you win, if you beat Hamilton, it's like, wow, you beat Hamilton. Like, there's no, there's no real pressure on him at this point. There's just him racing, him driving. Like, he just wants to go out there, compete, do whatever he needs to do. And I think right now he's so relaxed and just kind of getting at one with the car that that's why you're seeing such a strong performance from him because there's no... There's, there isn't, there isn't any, you know, pressure to perform at the, you know, you have to win this race. It's like, yeah, you have, there's a, there's a chance that you have to win this race, but as long as you're with Lewis at this point, there's no other, you know, there's no other ask for him. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, after the first round, he was, you know, immediately behind Lewis. Now yeah. he finishes five spots in front of Lewis. The thing that's interesting in regards to George Russell yeah. and Mercedes in particular is I kind of just feel like it just shows you how bad that Williams car is. Yeah. Because even though we're looking at Mercedes and we're saying this car is terrible, but it's only terrible for Mercedes. Yeah, exactly. You know what exactly, I mean? exactly. So even if it's a terrible drive, yeah. if you're coming from something that literally is just neck, shoulders, feet, elbows below yeah. what you're in now, um, it, it might be easier to look like a faster driver, whereas yeah. Lewis is used to having that weapon. Yes. He's used yes. to being in that front tier, front car. Yep. And now that it's not, we're seeing him struggle a little bit. Yep. So, I think it's finally time we have the discussion here on the show. Lewis Hamilton, greatest driver of all time or all machinery? Uh, no, he's, he's definitely one of the greatest drivers of all time. You can't take that from him because he's won championships with cars that were not the best. Um, you know, with, if you look back at the dominance that they've had, yes, Mercedes had a great car and you have a great driver in the car. So it's going to be very hard to beat that guy. Um, you, you know, you can see it when his teammates were in the exact same car as him and they weren't finishing second in the championship. Sometimes they weren't winning races throughout the year. They were battling with the, the second, you know, second and third constructor. Um, so you can see that you, you can't take that from him, that he is one of the best drivers of all time because there's races that he should not have won and he still did. Right now, they're struggling to, to suit the car to him, I think. Like I said, there's no pressure on Russell. Everyone's looking at Lewis to perform and he's, he's trying a million different things that's not working at this point. And I think a big part of it is, you know, the, the, he's, so, he's so dominant in one car that everyone doesn't see this side of him or has never seen this side of him and they're all thinking... Holy crap, what's going on here? He's never seen a side of himself. He was on a race uh, monitor with Mono, his engineer, yeah. asking if there's a point for P10. Yeah, for P10. He's like, is there even <laughs> points back here? <laughs> so it's it's one of those things that, you know, he's he's hasn't been in this situation in a very long time. And, you know, yes, he's, he's they've developed a car before to make it that much better later on in the season, but they've always been at the, the you know, kind of the, the top end top of the tier, chart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you... When you have a, a situation like this where the world champ, well, one of the world, like a past world champion, I should say, because Max is the world champion, but a past world champion struggling a little bit. Before this, when Red Bull was trying to catch Mercedes or, or Ferrari was trying to catch Mercedes, no one said Leclerc was a bad driver. No one said Science is a bad driver. No one said Max was a bad driver. It's just bad cars. At this point, their Mercedes are struggling. Everyone knows it. The power unit, something's going on, I think, because... Even in qualifying, they were they weren't even in the top ten. Um, he didn't make it out of Q one. Yeah, That's the first time yeah. Lewis Hamilton on sheer pace alone. Yeah, barring like, anything I else, think it was happened. like twenty fifteen. Well, that was yeah. that was twenty seventeen with something else happened. When he crashed, happened. when he yeah. crashed at Brazil, but yeah. legit 
Yeah. Just on pace, yep. it was like 2009, which is yes. his second or third season yeah, in the sport, exactly. right? exactly. So, you know, when... From unfamiliar territory, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, all these people are like, see, he's not, he doesn't have the best car and he doesn't dominate. Well, when Max didn't have the best car, he didn't win. So... Well, this is the <laughs> thing, right? I, we said it last week. There's a reason Lewis Hamilton makes the big bucks. And it's yeah. because Bahrain Grand Prix opened it. He didn't have the car no. to be on the podium. And it was there. Yeah. And let's be clear for one second here. In the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, we saw him and Magnussen start on the hards. Everybody yeah. went medium. He was complaining early. He didn't have any yeah. grip. But then when that VS, a virtual safety car, came around, he, yeah. was, he was in a rhythm. The tires were working for him. Yeah. He had a stride. He was in the points. I think he was like P7. Yeah, he was. And the one mistake that I think Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton made this weekend was worrying about if that pit lane was closed or open yep. in regards to both Ricardo and, and Alonso. Alonso yeah. If they just pulled him in right there, he gets he a 12 second cheap stop yeah. and he and he comes out P7 P8. Eight, yep. And he could still maybe even get some overtaking done depending because on how the restart tires, goes, yeah. right? Yeah. But I guess it's just a stroke of luck, a stroke of luck I should say because last week we saw the stroke of luck go his way this yeah. week. It, it, it still finishes in the points. I mean, it's the second race of the Grand Prix, but as you were just saying, name me one champion that didn't win without the best car. Yeah. Champion. Yeah. You can win a race without the best car. One champion that yeah. didn't win about. No, it's it's true. It's it's very hard to to compete at this level and win the championship with, you know, a car that is maybe at best right now, third best, fourth best. And, you know, you can't take it from him that he's he is wheeling that thing because he's still getting points in that. That's the dangerous part right now that everyone's got to realize. He's still getting points in this. And everyone thinks his car is the worst car on the grid. Like, the <laughs> fact that he ha he's still fifth in the points championship is scary. Or fifth or sixth in the points championship is scary because if they sort that car out, he's still in the championship hunt. Like, this is, this is the part that, that gets me. is like, everyone, look at him. He's struggling and he's not finishing. Yeah, just because he's not winning... But he's still making it work. He still point, scored points in two races that everyone thought they were going to be out of the points. This is, it's scary. Like, he's not out of this at all. Like, one bad race by Leclerc and Verstappen, and he wins that race. There you go. He's right back in the championship hunt again. And he had the most overtakes this weekend. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. So, so you, you know, you can't say that he's, you know. You never count Lewis no, out. And Lewis is very dangerous with his back against the wall, as we saw last year in, in Brazil. Brazil. Yep. Even down, even in Abu Dhabi. Yes. Like, he, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't take him out of the fight no. just yet. No, you can't. I can't take Mercedes out of the fight no. just yet as a constructor, even though yeah. Alpine is looking very, very, very strong. strong at the moment. Yes. They're like the dark horse of this yes. whole thing right now. Yeah. They had a great race this weekend. Tough luck for Alonso, but between the two of them, they were going back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, the team principals were letting them race. Like, yeah, which was It was awesome. good, solid racing entertainment for the fans. Are they looking like the favorite at the moment for P3 over Mercedes, McLaren? Yeah, honestly, I, I would say yes, because they're so they're they're just been consistently under the radar. They've always been there. This weekend showed that they had the pace. They were faster than the Haas cars, and the Haas was faster than the Mercedes. So really and truly, I think, yeah, they, they can battle for third place right now in the Constructor Championship, and that would be huge for the, for the, for the team just to get the morals up. They're, they're showing that, you know, we have a car that we developed in this new era that is competing with the at least top three. So, you know, and give it one, two years where they can get more development into these new regulations. All of a sudden, these these lower the the backmarker teams, not backmarker, but, but middle field teams, are going to start jumping up to the top. And now we're not going to be 
going, we're going to start going into weekends, not being like, okay, well this weekend it's going to be a Ferrari or a Red Bull. We're going to start going into weekends being like, I don't know who's going to win this weekend now. Right. Because all it takes is for one of those crazy weekends where the, the start of the race, something happens and you know, two of the Red Bulls or one of the Red Bull and one of the Ferraris make contact and they're out. And then all of a sudden the Alpine's right there. I think they're strong enough to finish in the top five for sure. I think they can definitely get into the podium positions if, if stuff, you know, kind of falls their way with, with kind of what happened, uh, say, if, if they were in the position of Ferrari this year or, or what Max did with the VSC, you know, if, if they're in that position, they can capitalize on stuff like that. And they're no slouch to be leading to control a race. Like, it's not like they're getting blown away. It's, it's If they're the lead car, I really do think that they can control the race. It's just they have to get in front of the race to do that. Mm. And to do that, they have to have the raw pace in qualifying, which I don't think they have right now. But they're not too far off because they're still in the top 10. And I really do think that they're, they're a team that can surprise everyone on one of the weekends where they nail the setup and they're actually really quick because they've done it a couple of times last year where they were really fast in qualifying and put it in the top five. I think if they can do that and really nail the setup, be on pace with the, with the top guys and, you know, you never know. They might start in the, in the top three and if they can get a good start, they can start controlling the races. It would be nice to see, you know, guys like Fernando Orlando, uh, or Fernando Alonso, not Orlando, Orlando. Fernando <laughs> Alonso, who's got great lineage yeah. in the sport, making his way back, and he came back to fight for wins. Yes, uh, it looks like they're providing him a tool that maybe right now is maybe one step behind yep. Ferrari, uh, Ferrari and and Red Bull. But like you said, it doesn't take much to be able to no. capitalize. You know, Max and Charles or, or, or Checo and Sainz fighting for position, they get tangled up. Yep. And those guys are right They're there right to pick there. it up. And I think Akon is definitely, uh, he's definitely ripe for the picking. He's one of those young savages that yeah. we always discuss. And they're just waiting on the sidelines for their opportunity. Exactly. They're just begging the teams to give me the right piece of equipment. Give me the right piece of machinery. And I guarantee you I can produce some results. Sure. He won a race last year. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely see some things happening for Alpine. Moving on. Final point. Final segment of the show. Overwhelmed, underwhelmed, and surprised. Lay it on me. So the surprise, I'm gonna say the uh, the Alpines, like I, I like Alonso and Ocon. Period. Like those guys surprised the heck out of me. I didn't expect them to be, you know, they qualified well, but I didn't expect them to have the race pace to stay there. I thought they were gonna be, you know, kind of slowly dropping back, but they would battle it out a little bit, and then all of a sudden they would be like, no, okay, let's stop battling, pull away from this group, <laughs> and then okay, start battling again. It was, it was great to it see. Was really it was cool like watching see. a kart race. Yeah, it, it was. was great. It was. It's really cool to see that the team allowed them to start, you know, battling, knowing that they, you know, I trust them enough that they're not going to take each other out. And if they need to, they'll stop battling to pull away from the field again. You know, they they, they let the Magnuson kind of catch back up once in a while, and then they would pull away from them and then catch back up around. Same with Botas. So I think, uh, you know, they surprised the heck out of me when they formed this weekend. Um, the, uh, the overwhelming, I have to say Perez, cause I was so happy for him. The only thing I just wish he was able to finish it off. Um, it was great to see that, that, that lap that he did in qualifying. Like when I was cheering, when it, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I like Checo, I love Red Bull, you know, all that stuff, but it's, it's not like he's like my guy yeah. and I was, I was loving it. Like I was cheering when he got pole, I was, I was working in the shop and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! Like I can't believe he did that. Yeah, it's one of those things yeah. where it's just unbelievable. Yeah. But then when you watch the feed yeah. and you look at him in the car, you're like, no, no, no. I can see how yeah. he was. He was just in the zone, and he like was he on said, it. he could do a thousand laps, and he'll never be able to reproduce no. that lap again. No. So, so uh, the underwhelming, I, I gotta say, Lewis. Like, I thought at least he would charge through the field a little bit, 
And really and truly, the only reason he was where he was in the top 10 was because of a bunch of safety cars and, uh, and, and yellow flags and kind of everything fell into his path. But he's got to, they got to sort that thing out. Like <laughs> that, it just <laughs> looks slow and, and, and uh, yeah, they've got to sort that out. Here's the question. How much grace period do they have to sort it out? We're two races in and we're looking at two Red weeks, Bull, yeah. Ferrari, not nothing short of dominance from yeah. those two teams. Yeah. Everybody else is finishing, you know, 20, 30 seconds yeah. back. How long do they have before they have to they have put a their little, cards on the table and be like, okay, this is it? They have a, a very little break, like a small break right now before Australia, just like, a, you know, two weeks or whatever. So like, well, you know, two weeks throughout the week. So one week and then they got to start going to Australia. So I honestly think that they have maybe two, three races left if they keep finishing in the points they have maybe two three races left if they start not you know putting these races together and not finishing the points they have to figure this thing out in australia they need to to figure out the straight line speed because that thing is is dog down the straightaway they they're it's like they they're over engineering the car and they're trying so many different things to try to make that thing work and it's just not working so they need to sort it out really 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 quick because at this point they're still in the hunt but two more races like this where they're, you know, finishing 15, 20 points back from the leaders is is going to be a hard, hard sell to, to get the championship later on. Well, the 2022 regulations are in full swing. Uh, I would say so far they're yeah. delivering. They've yes. mixed the field up. We're no longer talking about Max and Lewis. No. We're talking about three, four, yeah, six, for... seven guys. Yeah. We didn't even have a moment to discuss Magnuson with yeah. the Haas back in the points again, yeah. even though he can barely hold his neck up. Yeah. Like, it is a crazy, yeah. crazy season thus far. Yeah. Uh, we definitely look forward to bringing you more episodes. Forgot to say this off the top, but you can always watch us on YouTube. We stream on Tuesdays after every single race weekend. And Mondays is when the audio version goes live. So if you're looking to take us on the go, you can stream the podcast, any podcast distributor you have, whether that be iHeartRadio, whether that be Apple, whether that be Spotify, whatever it is, we are streaming on there. You just have to search another race weekend. For Daryl Timmers, I'm Dames Nellis, and we will see you after the Australian Grand Prix.